Thanks for checking out the Lakeshore Podcast. If this is your first time listening with us, we want you to know God loves you. We want for your hope in Jesus to be renewed and for your faith to come to life. Wherever you are joining us from, we hope this message encourages you. God has been challenging me. Uh, Today is going to be a standalone message. We're going to start a new series across all three of our campuses next Sunday. So I have some freedom and some leeway uh, to just kind of share with you from my heart what I believe the Lord is saying to me. And many times that will translate to us as a church family. Don't hear that legalistically. Hear that in a way where God is, God is challenging me and, 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 and stepping me up. And he wants me to share that with you as your pastor. That's how I want you to hear it. So let's hold up our Bibles and let's do our Bible declaration like we do every Sunday, nice and loud from our heart. Ready? Let's read. This is my Bible. It is God's word written to me. I am who it says I am. I can do what it says I can do. I can have what it says I can have. So I receive it as truth for my life today and open my heart to hear God speak a word and fill me with the Holy Spirit so that my life will be changed forever. In Jesus' name, amen. Here's a big truth, okay? It's a nugget. I want you to stick it in your pocket. Take it with you today. God's presence and power in my life is connected to the amount of targeted, effective prayer in my life. It's connected. I heard somebody else say, a prayerless church is a powerless church. I heard somebody else say, A prayerful church is a powerful church. In James chapter 5, verse 16, the back half, the Bible says the effective, fervent prayer of a righteous person, that means a person who's in right relationship with God, who's living right with God, avails much or accomplishes much. And in the context, we don't have time to go into that deeply. You can look at it yourself on your own time. But James is writing to the church and he's encouraging them to pray for one another. And through praying for one another as a church, there's healing that will come as a result. And then he reminds us that Elijah, an Old Testament prophet, was a man with a human nature like ours who prayed that it wouldn't pray and then pray, who prayed that it wouldn't rain and then prayed that it would rain and then it did. And, and then he says, so, so catch this, the effective fervent prayer of a person in right relationship with God accomplishes much. Now, the New King James says, effective, fervent prayer. Effective. And this word effective is the Greek word energeo. Energeo. E-N-E-R-G-E-O. 
And it's where we get our English word energy. When you're doing something with energy, energeo. And energeo or effective just means at work with power and efficiency. So the person who's praying is praying a prayer in partnership with the Holy Spirit who's at work with power and efficiency through the prayers that you're praying. Can you say amen? That's what that means. See, when we pray, the Holy Spirit comes along our side and he takes our prayers and he makes them powerful, effective, efficient, full of Holy Spirit energy, powerful prayers. That's part of his ministry. That's part of what the Holy Spirit does when we pray. Now, the Amplified Version, James 5.16, the back half says this. Listen, the heartfelt and persistent prayer of a righteous man, believer, can accomplish much when put into action and made effective by God. It is dynamic and can have tremendous power. That's the Amplified Version. So I want to talk to you today for a few minutes about how to pray targeted and effective prayers. How to pray targeted and effective prayers. I want you to picture with me, in your mind's eye, so to speak, an archer. Do you know what an archer is? Right? Picture with me an archer. And he or she is really, really good. And the archer slowly and carefully draws an arrow. And he puts it in place on his bow. And he stretches that bow. He's aiming with precision. And he lets that arrow launch. Right in the center of a bullseye. Can you see that? And they do that at 30 yards and 50 yards and 70 yards and 100 yards. Bam! Bullseye. 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 With every arrow, he hits his target. Now I want you to look closely at the archer that you have envisioned in your mind's eye. And I want you to notice that the archer is you. And every arrow is a targeted and effective prayer that you're praying. Bam, 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 hitting the bullseye with every prayer. It's targeted and it's effective. Now be honest with me. How many of you believe that that kind of prayer could impact your life? That that kind of prayer could impact your family's life? That kind of prayer could impact our church family's life. 
Now, I won't ask you to raise your hand, and don't you look around, but just think to yourself, on a scale of one to five, five being the most fervent, the most targeted, the most effective, the most invested time that I give to prayer, scale of one to five, five being the most, how many of you have a little bit of room for some improvement? Huh? Your pastor does. See, we got to remember that according to God, according to the scriptures, according to our Bible, targeted, effective prayer works mightily. We have to remember that prayer is our lifeline to God. Prayer is our privilege before God. Prayer prepares hearts for the message from God. Prayer is a strength to our lives. Prayer is our way to victory and breakthrough. Prayer is our battle stance. Prayer releases God's word over our lives. Prayer aligns our hearts with God's heart. I know that I have room in my life for more targeted and effective prayer. See, something happens when we pray that will not happen if we don't pray. In Matthew chapter 21, Jesus comes into the temple in Jerusalem and he's upset. He turns money tables over and he turns the tables over of the people that were selling doves for sacrifices. They were taking advantage of people who needed sacrifices to worship God. I don't know if you remember the story, but he's pretty uh, righteously indignant. And he says something like this. Have you not heard my house shall be called a house of prayer? But you've turned it into a den of thieves. Now, I don't know if you know this or not, but if you study that out a little bit, Jesus is actually quoting Old Testament scripture from the book of Isaiah. God was prophetically speaking to Isaiah about a time in which all people, not Jews only, would be brought to the house of God. And at that house, God would make a way for all people, not just Jews only, to meet with God, to call on the name of God, to pray to God, to ask for God's intervention, to ask for God's help, to worship God with nothing in between them. Every person, every race, every creed, every socioeconomic level, nobody would be kept from coming to the house of God to pray. But God was put out because some of the religious leaders of the day were taking advantage of the people and they weren't giving use to the temple the way that God meant for it to be used. 
which was to communicate with him, to worship him, to talk to him, to invite his help through prayer. So Jesus quotes this. Have you not heard it was written? My house shall be called a house of prayer. Now, I want you to think about this with me just in case you haven't. That's the Old Testament. In the New Testament, you and I are the houses of God. Come on, somebody. God doesn't just dwell in buildings. I'm not saying that this building isn't dedicated to God. I'm not saying that this building isn't sacred and set apart to God. I'm not saying that this building and these grounds aren't holy and put aside for his use. But what I want to say in addition to that is in the New Testament, God doesn't just live in temples built with hands. He lives in his people that have been reborn by the power of the Holy Spirit. And now, as the temples of the living God, Jesus is saying, listen, my houses shall be called houses of prayer. See, we were created to communicate with God. From the very beginning, we were created to have fellowship and to know God and to live with God and to do life with God. God is challenging us, church, to become houses of prayer, to become people who are learning how to pray and people who are learning to connect with God. And if I be bold enough to say to be people that are learning to connect other people with God through our prayer as priests before the living God through Jesus Christ. Prayer is a powerful subject in the Bible. Prayer is a pillar of the New Testament church. Prayer is where the 120 were gathered together after Jesus ascended. If you read it, you'll notice they're together and they're praying. And they're praying for the promise to come. And then through prayer and their unified uh, coming together in the name of God and the power of the Holy Spirit came and filled them and empowered them. And the church was birthed. And then in Acts 2.42, it says the church continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine, the fellowship, the breaking of bread and of Prayers. Prayer is a fundamental foundation part of the Christian life, of the body of Christ, of the modern day church. But how much time do I invest in prayer? James 4.2, the back half says this, you do not have because... You do not ask. Think about the possibilities. Think about the things, the power, the grace, the revelation, the usefulness that we can become to God if we would invest more time with him in prayer. Think about some of the things that we may never experience because we don't pray. Pastor Robert, come on, I want to be encouraged. I'm trying to encourage you. 
Prayer is powerful. Prayer makes a difference. Prayer touches the heart of God. Have you ever thought about some of the reasons why we don't pray? There's probably a lot, but I think three reasons we don't pray, I can identify with them, I don't know if you can, is we don't know how. Some people just don't know how to pray. How, how do you pray targeted and effective prayer? Some people won't ever pray in public because they just don't have confidence that they know how. I want to teach you how. God wants to teach you how. Amen? Another reason people don't pray, let's just be honest, okay? Don't look around. Uh, we just lack discipline. We just lack discipline. Right? Um, prayer is, is spiritual exercise, and many times we just lack prayer discipline. And here's the third reason I believe, this is a big one, don't look around, okay? Uh, we don't pray because we prioritize other things in place of prayer. That's the truth. Here's another nugget I want you to tuck into your pocket. If I will invest time to pray, I will have to increase my hunger for God. Let that sink in, church. If I will be a person who invests time to pray, I will have to increase my hunger for God. See, we go after things that we're hungry for. We go after things we're excited about. We go after things that we're passionate about. I just believe that the Holy Spirit wants to sharpen us this morning, myself included, and he's saying, you'll have to increase your hunger for God. You know, one of the things that I hate about Thanksgiving, how could you hate anything about Thanksgiving? I'm just being honest. One of the things that I hate about Thanksgiving is we're preparing all this food, right? I know Marsha's over there. She's got that turkey upside down, totally untraditional way, but it's getting all the butter and all the juice in there, and it's getting all moist and all those flavors, right? I know that's going on, and, and I know Justin's making his homemade cornbread, and it's going to be good, right? I'm, I'm revved up for that. And I'm making my mashed potatoes. It's got everything good in it. Cream cheese, cheddar cheese, sticks, plural, of butter, salt, and pepper. And what else? What else? Milk and cream cheese, sour. I mean, they're lumpy and they're thick and they're tasty, right? And I know we've got Barbara. She's bringing a ham. And we've got Meg. She's bringing her her, her butter, butter, butternut squash kind of casserole substitute thing, right? And I'm thinking about all this. I don't know if you guys do, but on Thanksgiving morning, I wake up, I'm thinking about all this good food, right? But here's the thing I don't like about Thanksgiving. I know if I really want to enjoy all of that at two, I can't eat all day until two, because if I eat a big breakfast, right, uh, if I eat a big breakfast and I have lunch at 12 and then I'm supposed to be there at 2 for this incredible buffet, guess what happens? We're not, we're not hungry. Are you with me? Right? 
We, we, when I was a kid, my, my mom would say this leading up to dinner, you know. I, I was a chubby kid. I liked to eat all kinds of stuff. Hey, Bobby, she called me Bobby. Don't eat that. Don't eat those chips. Don't eat that candy. Don't eat that. Don't eat this. You're going to spoil your appetite. Appetite. See, hunger for God is like that. If you're filling your life with all kinds of spiritual junk, there isn't any more room to be hungry for God. That's why Jesus said in the Sermon on the Mount, listen to me, church, blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be filled, satisfied, purposeful. See, God wants you to increase your hunger for him. As you do that, you'll lend yourself to greater times of investment in prayer with him. See, you won't have a heart to read your Bible. You won't have a heart to pray. You won't have a heart to serve. You won't have a heart to be in services. You won't have a heart for the things of God until you first begin to cultivate a heart and a hunger for God. Prayer is right on the heels of that. As I increase my hunger for God, I want to be with God in prayer. I want to be with God in communication. You know, one time after Jesus prayed, the disciples said, Lord, teach us how to pray. I think that's amazing. They could have said, teach us how to heal people. Teach us how to deliver a great message. Teach us how to get thousands of people to gather. Teach us how to multiply food. All kind of things they could have asked. It's interesting to me. Teach us how to pray. Are you ready to learn how to pray? Targeted and effective prayers. Now, this is just a pattern. It's not the only pattern. And you can use many. But this is the pattern the Lord gave us. In Matthew chapter 6, I'm going to just tell it to you, and then we're going to look at it real closely before we leave. He said, when you pray, pray this way. Our Father who's in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. And forgive us our sins as we forgive those who have sinned against us. And lead us not into temptation. For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. How many of you have heard that prayer before? The Lord's Prayer. It's really not the Lord's Prayer. He prays a different one in John chapter 17. This is the Lord's pattern for prayer. And I want us to look at this pattern so that you can learn how to pray targeted and effective prayers. I promise any area that you need to pray for can be fit in this pattern of prayer. The first thing I want you to know, he starts out with his praise. Our Father in heaven, we honor your holy name. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. This is where you take time and you invite the Holy Spirit to help you to lift 
and honor and exalt and glorify and recognize and reverence and love and worship the name of God. Amen. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. I love you and I worship you. There's no other God besides you. You're a good God. You're a gracious God. You're a forgiving God. You're a loving God. You're my healer. You're my savior. You're my deliverer. You gave me life, God. I exalt you in the center of my heart right now. I exalt you in the center of my mind right now. I push back anything and everything and everyone and anyone who's trying to wage war with this time that I'm spending with you, God. I put all of my focus on you, and I love you, and I worship you, and I make you my God right now. I'm reminding myself. I'm stirring myself up, and I'm bringing praise and honor and glory to God. And then he moves on and he says, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. He moves from praise to priority. Say priority. See, a lot of times I can be fooled into thinking that the priority of praying to God is my life, what I want my desires. Now, don't get me wrong. Like any heavenly uh, father should be, he loves you and he wants to bless you and he wants to do things, but that's not the priority. The priority, listen to Jesus, your kingdom come. Your will be done. And I like to add this, your kingdom, your reign, your rule, your dominion, come now, Lord, your will be done in my life just like it is in heaven. See, I'm giving place to the kingdom of God as priority in my life in the earth. See, my life isn't the priority. His kingdom, his life through me is the priority. How many of you know that when we pray in alignment with what Jesus said to pray, God hears our prayers? Your kingdom, the word kingdom means reign. It means rule. It means dominion. If there's a problem in your family, if there's a problem in your life, if your enemy is attacking you, if your enemy is attacking your family, this is a great place to establish kingdom priority. Father, I declare that your kingdom come, your will be done on earth in my Fill in the blank. My son, my daughter, my spouse, in the name of Jesus. Father, I thank you that your kingdom rules and reigns. I declare that your kingdom, your will has priority in my life. See, you can fit anything in there and just bring God's kingdom and God's will as the priority in your life. See, God's will is more important in your life and in my life than my will for my life. And so Jesus moves from praise to priority. He says, establish the priority of God's kingdom in your life. Partner with me in advancing the kingdom of God in your life. Partner with me in asking God's will to be done in your life. I heard somebody say this, prayer is not getting God to do your will, Prayer is about softening my heart so that I will do his will. Uh, come on, somebody. Is it just me? It's a little uncomfortable sometimes. But, but God has a will. God has a kingdom for me. And I have to establish that priority. So Jesus goes, praise, priority, and then provision. Provision. I just think that's interesting because a lot of times if it were up to me, I just go and I start asking for things that I need. 
Believe me, God is gracious. He, he doesn't even flinch. He just says, come on, son, I know you're still growing. Okay, come on, get it out. Tell me what you need. I'm listening. I'm with you. He's not going to slam the door of grace on me. I'm still welcome in the throne room of grace. Amen. So are you. But it's interesting to me that that's the third thing on the list. Provision. Give us this day our daily bread. Or one version says, give us our food again today as you usually do. Father, I thank you that today you provide everything that we need. Provide every dollar that we need. You provide the food that we need for our kids. You provide the clothes that we need for our kids. You, you provide everything that I need today, God. There isn't anything that I need that you won't provide today, Father. I thank you for providing a way in my career. I thank you for providing a way in my relationship with my kids that might be severed or, or injured right now. Father, I thank you that everything I need comes through Jesus. And I'm just thanking you in advance for your provision. Can I ask you, be bold. It's okay to be bold. And you might think, well, Pastor Robert, I'm doing pretty good. Be bold. You know, the Bible says that God is able to make all grace abound towards you so that you always having all sufficiency in all things may have an abundance, an abundance for every good work. That means more than you need, he gives you sometimes. Why? So you can bless others. So you can be a blessing. So he can, he can, he can flourish things on you. One of the greatest things that you can experience is to just be a blessing to people. In the small way, in a big way, in any way, I, I think Paul said, it is more blessed to give than to receive. Provision. So Jesus starts with the priority, praise, priority, provision. Praise, priority, you see the pattern? We're thanking God, we're honoring God, we're establishing his kingdom and his will in our lives. This is a pattern, this is a powerful pattern to pray targeted and effective prayers. And then I love this one, pardon. He moves on to pardon. I don't know about you, but this is so powerful to me. Forgive us our sins just as we have forgiven those who sinned against us. I, I, I mean, I'll go through it when I get to this. And I say, Father, I thank you that you forgive me for my sins. The sins of commission the things I did that I knew I shouldn't have done, the things of omission, the things that I didn't do that I know I should have done. Father, thank you for forgiving me. Thank you, Lord, that I'm the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Thank you that your grace is available and you're strengthening me and you're helping me to live set apart, to live sanctified, to live in a lifestyle that brings honor and glory to you. Father, I thank you that you forgive me. And Lord, and right then I think about a couple of people Come on, don't, don't, don't judge me. I know you might do that too. I think of a couple of people who have sinned against me. Some of them, 25 years ago. Like I remember one time I loaned money to a guy at church. It was a loan. And we were clear. He never paid me back. He never even mentioned it. It was just like, you know what? Sometimes the enemy uses that and he brings up thoughts of unforgiveness towards people. It might not be money. It could be anything, something somebody said, somebody did, something somebody didn't do. And I make sure at that moment, 
Father, freely I've received, freely I give. I make a decision right now to allow free-flowing forgiveness to flow from you to me, through me, to that person. And I name those people. Some are in my family. Why? Because Jesus said, just like you forgive others, you'll experience the flow of forgiveness from your Father. We want to walk in the free-flowing forgiveness of God. Amen? We don't want to walk around feeling guilty, feeling condemned, feeling like God's mad. And that happens when we harbor unforgiveness and we harbor divisive thoughts and we harbor offenses. Just be a person who gives out forgiveness freely. Jesus establishes that right there. Pray for pardon. And while you're doing that, pardon those who have sinned against you, church. Pardon those who have sinned against you. Pardon them. What does that mean? Let it go. It's under the blood. God's the judge. Let it go. And this is a pattern that you can pray. Now listen, sometimes I go through it verbatim. Sometimes I go through the whole thing. Sometimes there's a particular portion of this pattern that is really, really in my heart that the Lord is really kind of pulling to my attention. And I'll spend time just praying that portion. But, but Jesus is showing us something here. Praise, priority, provision, pardon. And then you can end with protection. Protection. This is powerful. Don't lead me into temptation, but deliver me from the evil one. For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. New King James Version. This is a great place to pray for spiritual protection. This is a great place to pray Psalm 91 over yourself or over your family. Just say, Lord, I thank you that today you protect me by the power of the Holy Spirit. You protect me by leading me in your truth. You protect me from people and places and things and the enemy who would try to use them to trip me up and, and, and bring shame to the name of Christianity. You protect me while I'm traveling on the road. You protect me while I'm flying in the air. Your protection, your angels are with me. You're guarding me. Wow, it's a great time to just establish protection. I went, I went hiking. Some of you may have seen the picture. I went hiking a, a couple of months ago with a whole bunch of men from several different churches. We, we hiked over here. I forgot the name of the mountain already. Right here in Gastonia. Five, mile, five miles up, five miles down. Anybody remember where I went hiking? Huh? Crowders. Crowders Mountain. All kinds of guys. And I connected with a guy who I know. His name is Wes Smith. He used to attend our TUK campus. He's a nice guy. And uh, his, 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 his son-in-law at the time, who was getting ready to propose to his daughter, invited Wes to go to Branson, Missouri, because that's where he was going to propose. And he wanted his future father-in-law to give him his blessing and to be there. So Wes Smith went to Branson, Missouri. And, and because I knew Wes, and we had talked years before, I had told him about a pastor in a church whose teachings radically affected me in a positive way. His name is Keith Moore. He has a church in Branson, Missouri. It's called Faith Life Church. And uh, Wes remembered that. And so it was a Sunday. He's away from home. He had some free time. So he went to this service at Faith Life Church. And this was a couple, two or three years ago, two years ago when COVID was really kind of gaining some ground and people were freaking out more than they are right now. And it was really bad. And it just, 
This was bad, bad, bad. And he told me about that service, how the pastor did a spiritual vaccination. And they all got up and they read through prayerfully Psalm 91. He who dwells in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. I will say of the Lord, he is my refuge and my fortress, my God in him I will trust, so on and so forth. And they prayed in faith, believing that God was going to protect them from COVID-19. And they just pray in bold faith, a prayer of protection. So fast forward to this hike a couple years ago. He goes, you know, and everybody in my family got covid my kids, my wife, I slept in the same bed with my wife. I didn't really alter anything in my life. He goes, I believe that that vaccination prayer kept me, protected me from COVID-19. He never got it. Come on, somebody say amen. He never got it. You might say, oh, Pastor Robert, you know, it's a coincidence. Uh, maybe not. Jesus says, you can pray for protection from the enemy. And he prayed that, and he prayed that, and he never, ever got it. Wow. Jesus says, start with praise. Establish your priorities. Now, now you can move on to some provision. Don't forget pardon. Pardon. Don't forget, priority, pardon, and what's the last one? Protection, right? Let's read them again. Praise, come on, same with me. Priority, provision, pardon, protection. We're going to be closing our service. I just want to read something as Catherine comes and he, she plays on the keys a little bit for us. And we're going to pray a prayer and we're going to close our service. But I just want to read this in your hearing. A Christian can see more on his knees than he can from his feet. Prayer releases healing. Prayer works powerfully. Prayer brings supernatural results. Prayer can affect your marriage, your kids, your career path. Through prayer, God will show you great and mighty things you know not of. Prayer is the key that unlocks the windows of heaven over your life and closes the gates of hell on your life. Prayer can shatter the shackles of misery and addiction that are tormenting your life or the life of your family or the life of your friends. God isn't far from you. He is as close as your next prayer. If your marriage is under attack, pray. If your children are being tormented by the devil, pray. If your job or business is failing, pray. If you need a breakthrough in your life, pray, pray, pray. If you feel lost and your life feels empty and meaningless, pray because God answers prayer. A prayerless Christian is a weak Christian. A prayerless family will be a divided family. A prayerless church is a powerless church. A prayerless nation is a nation without God. God expects us to pray. We need to pray for our family members. We need to pray for our friends. We need to pray for our church, 
for our pastors, for our leaders, for our ministry teams. We need to pray for our children. We need to go back to the priority of prayer. We must pray for the lost, for the broken, for the shattered. We must pray for Gastonia, for Randall, for Dallas, for Gaston County. We must pray, we must pray. People need us to pray. So important. God's calling us to be a people that prays. Okay, Pastor Robert, so what should I do? I, I hear the message. I, I believe it's important. But how do I get started? Well, first, we're going to end our service by praying for God to give us a desire to pray. You can't conjure it up. He has to give it to you. Second, homework. You ready for some homework? This week, Monday through Friday, I'm going to give you Saturday and Sunday off because you're going to be here next Sunday and Saturday you have off, okay? Monday through Friday. I want you to invest 10 minutes a day, each day. Some of you might be like, 10 minutes, I'm going to go 30. Praise the Lord, go 30. Pray for me for 10. But those of you who are just getting started, take 10 minutes each day, Monday through Friday, and invest it with God in prayer. Pastor Robert, what should I pray? Pray this pattern. We just, we just went through it. I, don't, I won't remember it. Get the podcast. Dig. Much treasure in the Word. Take 10 minutes, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. 10, 20, 30, 40, 50. 50 minutes of targeted, effective prayer could be yours this week. I won't ask, but maybe I will. When was the last time you invested 50 minutes targeted, invested prayer? Here's the last thing I want you to do, okay? Third thing. First thing we're going to do right now, so that's easy. Second thing, you're going to pray 10 minutes a day, Monday to Friday. Number three, record, record, either in your phone, notepad, or on paper. Record what God reveals to you as you pray. Because I promise you, He will. When you, when you pray, According to God's will, the Bible says in 1 John that he hears you and it's his heart to respond to you. And one of the things he'll do is he'll begin to show you things as you pray. Sometimes it might be a word of correction. Sometimes it could be a word of direction. Go this way, don't go that way. Do this, don't do that. And sometimes it can be a word of protection. Avoid this, avoid that. God answers prayer. Amen. Have you been blessed by the word this morning, church? We're going to pray in just a moment. We're going to end, but I, I want my wife to share. She has something she wants to share real quickly. Real quickly. Such a great message. Such a great yeah. message. Um, just as I was listening to, to the word going forth, um, just something really struck me that I, I just sensed, you know, to share. Um, that happens on occasion, right? So with the Lord's Prayer and the points, praise, right? 
we're humbling ourselves and acknowledging God and His presence and who He is, and we're we're bringing a sense of submission. Yes. Right? It is right. We're we're doing that. Mm-hmm. But what struck me was the second one where you said um, priority. Your kingdom come in and through my life. What struck me and what I felt that the Holy Spirit was reminding me of and wanted me to share with with you all this morning is that um, sometimes we shy away from declaring your kingdom come because that's very bold. That almost may seem like, who am I to, you know, ask God for his kingdom to come in through. I mean, that's like stepping onto his territory type of shine away. And it's not that at all. As we honor him and we acknowledge him, we're just declaring who he is in our life. And it's that same authority that we are exercising verbally through our prayers into our life and through our life. It's not on our own. It's not something that we're doing. Right. You know what I'm saying? It's not, um, oh, who am I to... But the enemy will trip us up like that. You know, who are you to ask for? What kind of authority do you have? You know, you're just this little peon or whatever. I, I don't know if the enemy talks to you guys like that, but he does to me, okay? And when I, when I think about it, and just the way you so clearly pointed that out in the Lord's Prayer, it's praise and priority. I'm not saying or doing anything on my own. I'm declaring His kingdom come, His will, His authority. It's, it's not me. It's, that's the way He wants it to be done in my life, in my job, in my family, in my friends, in the situation that I find myself in. So yes, I do have that boldness, not because of who I am, but because of Him and how He wants me to pray. And I am going to pray that way devil and you're a liar and I am going to declare God's word and God's power and God's God's might in and through my life that's the way it's going to be and that's the boldness that he wants us to have don't let the enemy trip you up into into shying away from that part of it is what I wanted to say amen Amen. God bless you that's part two right there she's good thank you Lord let's go ahead and stand up and let's just solidify this time together and pray and ask God to give us a heart, a desire to pray. Father, we thank you for speaking to us from the moment of the first note of the first song. You've been here with us. Things happen as we worship you and exalted your name through song and through prayer and praise. Lord, thank you for the word this morning. Thank you for speaking to us individually and all of us corporately. Now we ask in hearts that are unified in faith in the name of Jesus, we ask that you would give us a desire to pray. Give us a hunger for you. Give us a hunger for the things of God, for the things of the kingdom, Lord. We don't have that in and through ourselves. We're asking you, God, by the power of the Holy Spirit, to give us an increased desire to be alone with you, to commune with you, to pray to you. Remind us every day, Jesus says, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. 
If you hear my voice and open up to me, I will come in and I will dine with you and you will dine with me. This is the word of the Lord to the church. He's speaking to us. Open up your life to pray. Open up your life to pray targeted and effective prayers. There's so much potential in the life of the person and the church that prays. So Father, we thank you for doing that today. We thank you for establishing in us hearts that desire to pray. In Jesus' name, everybody said. Thanks again for listening. To hear more messages like this one, make sure to subscribe and check out our podcast channel for more messages. If you like what you're hearing, share it with your friends. For more content from Lakeshore and information on services, check us out at lakeshorecf.com.